good? Ready to start? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Are you ready to start? I'm ready. He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode 15. By the way, I'm going to pause for a second. 15? <laughs> right. Episode 15. <laughs> Anacostas. Where are we? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for the blood orchid. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought this was going to self-destruct a lot sooner than that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a, a slap fight caught on podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of podcasts left to go. That's right. I wouldn't count it out. <laughs> this movie was very divisive. <laughs> this this is the first movie I have to say that I watched that I haven't watched in a while that I did not like as much as I remembered. It's okay. a good movie. It's a good monster movie. Yeah. But it's not a great movie. It's got moments that are, I think, are really good. You know, the other ones we've watched so far, we've been lucky. I was like, oh, I remember. That's even better than I remembered it. Right. This one was kind of like, eh, it's good. But it wasn't as much as I remembered it the first time. I think the first time it surprised me, and then once it lost the surprise, it's just a decent movie. I'd agree with that. I think uh, Deep Blue Sea is a good example for me of a movie that I kind of remembered mm-hmm. that turned out way better than I yeah, was hoping yeah. for. Uh, but I, I agree with this. It's, it's a decent example of what it is. Right. Which is this kind of like throwaway monster movie that you might see on sci-fi. With a few... But it's a good example of that. Right. And it's got a few extra moments that are unique. Right. And it's got elements that are unique. But this is the first one that like I was like, mm, I like it, but I don't love it. <laughs> but I mean, it's still a solid. I mean, it's better than like a disposable sci-fi one. It's disposable, but like with quality. Right. Which if is If somebody walked up to me and said, I saw Sharknado and it was so disappointing. Right. <laughs> I'd say, hey, go watch Anacondas. Right. <laughs> And I'm like, what'd you it's expect? Sharknadoes was, was made like by people who didn't care and were throwaway. This is not a throwaway movie. This is a movie that the least effort was put right. in behind it. Somebody invested in this. Yeah, yeah. The actors are all trying. The script <laughs> is trying. The direction is trying. Most of the actors are trying. Right. <laughs> Most of the actors. Which actor you don't think is trying? The monkey? Uh, <laughs> the monkey's phone again. The in. monkey. Don't disparage the monkey. <laughs> I'm going to say that Captain Handsome... <laughs> Is phoning it in a little bit. I think it's just because you're so jealous of Captain Handsome. <laughs> his emoting consists of widening his eyes. <laughs> it did. Um, but I think that's because he's Captain Handsome. That's true. And it's really hard. It's true to life of him being a handsome person who doesn't have to try much, I guess. <laughs> I think the thing with Captain Handsome... <laughs> it's a great name, isn't it? I, it's a name. I think the thing with Captain Handsome is he's playing one of the harder roles because it's hard to do tough guy i agree because you're not allowed to really emote i get a little i'm a little tired of that type you know like I'm, that's why i'm not super excited about the new wolverine movie because i'm just like oh, look at <laughs> look at wolverine mope um and and i realized that like i think that's part of the problem too is is captain handsome <laughs> has to be the tough guy and he works most, when he's doing the tough guy stuff but there's also times when he's supposed to be a little bit more he's not just the tough guy in this movie nobody in this movie is just one thing except for the bad guy who's kind of a jerk but even then, he's still kind of an interesting jerk, I think, with a little more nuance than you would expect. So I get that. I, I agree that Captain Handsome, well, I don't care. He's just so damn handsome. <laughs> right. But he is the closest you forgive him for it. I forgive him for it. Damn it. Now, I think you make an interesting point because I wonder if it's kind of the director's fault for saying, all right, more gravelly. More gravelly. Yeah. <laughs> more more dark. <laughs> right. It's a good question because uh, I don't know. I've seen this actor, but I haven't seen him in anything recently. It would be interesting to see him in other movies and, and compare his performances. Yeah. Although, that could also just be as he grows as an actor. Or he might that might be his default performance. We might watch something else. <laughs> 
but he's still too he's, damn he's handsome. <laughs> I'm just going on record. I don't give a shit. <laughs> captain Handsome, you're the you're the captain of Lee's heart. <laughs> this, you know, one of the things I love about this movie is, man, it's just so good looking. So many people. That monkey Kong is one good looking monkey. <laughs> This is just a handsome movie. He's a fine specimen of a monkey. It is. These are some handsome people, and I, I like that about it. Uh, I'm going to look up Captain Hanson. <laughs> okay. And see what else he's been in. Oh, I can't remember his actual name. Oh, it was um, Bill Johnson. <laughs> his picture is from <laughs> Anacondas. All right. Uh, oh, he's been in quite a few things. The Equalizer. Equalizer. Kill them all. Officer Down. CSI something something. G.I. Joe Renegades. Oh, well, who is he? He's Flint. Teen Flint. Teen Flint. Oh. He played a teen? No, it's, oh, it's a TV show. He's a voice actor. Oh, okay. He's in a movie called Badass. There you go. <laughs> he may have stuck to type here. <laughs> the new Knight Rider. I mean, to be fair, Captain Handsome. Tymac from Last Dragon is a good-looking guy, too. That's true. And he can emote. And do Kung Fu. And do Kung Fu. <laughs> Although, Captain Handsome can also kill an alligator and an anaconda. He has his favorite stabbing knife. He does have his favorite stabbing knife. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, lizards. <laughs> Reptiles, Reptiles of various sorts. <laughs> Captain Handsome hates you. You get attacked by like a giant monkey, you're screwed. <laughs> but an alligator comes out, here comes Captain Handsome. I guess. We By the should. way, I we are not saying Captain Hanson. Am ironically, I wish I could be so good looking that literally I would just be called Ryder Handsome. <laughs> Women want him, and men want to be I him. Just say it. <laughs> like, I'm sure his life is not all sunshine and rainbows. Who's is? Who's is? But man, I think every movie he's in should just the the credit should be Handsome Man. Handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this movie is about uh, if anybody's seen Anaconda, similar premise. It's <laughs> also similar to Deep Blue Sea because they're going to yeah. do a, a like a experiment. In this case, Deep Blue Sea was to cure Alzheimer's. This is to cure death, <laughs> and they've got to get the blood working. It's similar in that there's science involved. They're not experimenting on the snakes. No, no, no yeah. In this but case, they are. They are seeking science. This is true. This one, the worst that happens is they're a little reckless, and then they get in over their head. They're not the same as the, right. the snake. Well, but to be fair, the the shark one. <laughs> I mean, really, that only hinges on the fact that the idiot gets so close to a shark and lets it bite his arm off. <laughs> true, <laughs> but part of that movie was that they they created the sharks. Right, <laughs> right. they did. T- they tampered in God's domain. <laughs> Me amply God. <laughs> Nobody's doing that in this movie. Right. The worst they're doing is getting a reckless to pursue this flower. Yes. If this movie made me think of anything, it was aliens. Yeah. Um, because they found like this resource that they want to exploit, and there's the the guy who's like greedy enough to to sacrifice people to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the game over guy, yeah. <laughs> who plays a much bigger part in this than he did in Aliens. Yes. Really. But yes. Uh, well, that's what, again, even though it's easy to kind of poke holes, or I think of this movie as not great. It's not, I mean, it's not great. But, like, I like that there's not an obvious comic relief guy. Yeah. Like, even the comic relief guy. Game over guy develops. So. Right. Yeah. Right. These, has, these characters, like... There's a real character. The closest you get is the first guy who gets killed, because he really doesn't have much of a chance to develop a character. Somebody's got to go Somebody's got to go first, right. <laughs> and even him, he develops a little bit, right? We get a, a taste of his... Uh, 
bro-based douchebaggery <laughs> before he bites yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. He's not just... You know, one of the things about this movie, and I think that I like, is it's the same as what we talked about with the car. None of these people seem disposable. They seem like when they die, it matters. Right. You know, again, the old slasher rule about like, oh, there's there's teenager number X. <laughs> you know, it's like this one... Yeah, it takes a while to get stone going, but it's also because of kind of developing the characters. But also, no character, no character death is treated lightly, and the situation is never treated lightly. They know they're deep shit. Yeah, I think that's the other thing I like about this is it, it follows a, a logic. Right? <laughs> Nobody's acting irrationally, but, except even the, the guy who is because of good reasons. But he's not acting irrationally in the sense he's, his greed is overcoming his. Right. He knows what he wants. He's acting rationally for his character for, and for his goals. <laughs> You know, and plus, I mean, doing something stupid is not the same as doing something irrational. He's like, I right. want that orchid because I want to be rich. Right. And I don't care what I have to do to get it. He's doing it for millions of dollars. Yes. Which is, I mean, I'm not saying I would sacrifice you for a million dollars, Scott. Well, we're but about- I would throw you into a pit of snakes for 50 bucks. Sure. <laughs> I'd sell your grandma for the cure to immortality. To mortality. <laughs> no, I, I want to do it for any. I want to do it for that. I just just to watch watch you wrestle. Snakes. Just to watch me squirm. <laughs> That's right. And fifty bucks. There's a difference between like a moral break and like a rational. Yes, break. there is. There is. Yeah. 100%. The guy, the the greedy guy, is immoral, but he's rational. Right. I think that's important. Right. He's not, um, and even like his actions, while he's reckless, he's not stupid. He's not like the guy who like runs in. You'll see that in the movie where the... The Starship Troopers guy uh, runs out with his gun. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, uh... Well, there's a, a another B-movie that was directed video, I mean, directed sci-fi called Sabretooth. And in it, um, there for some reason, scientists have made a giant head Sabretooth. I don't know why. doesn't matter. <laughs> but one of the characters wants to preserve the Sabretooth to the point that, like, she even runs in front of people to protect it. And, of course, she gets killed. And I'm like, well, you're a moron then because this thing is killing all these people. And and it's not because she's doing it because she's like you know she's she cares about the beast or whatever. You can always make another. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of in this case like this guy, he takes risks, but he's not. Again, he's not irrational in the sense that he's not ignoring dangers. He's just diminishing his his response to them. Right. And there at first there's they're going after this blood orchid mm-hmm. that only blooms for like. Th- another week or something. Yes. So there's some urgency to them finding it. Yes. And at first I'm thinking, well, you can wait till next year, <laughs> but they actually address this in the yeah. movie. And the guy's like, well, it's not going to bloom again for seven years. Right. And what if somebody like clear cuts, you know? the, <laughs> yeah. what if someone clear cuts the forest and all that might never get our chance again. Yeah, Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that was a, I, I like that they addressed that. Right. That is, he's <laughs> greedy, but he's script. also got a good point. Right. And seven years is a long time to live as a not rich person. <laughs> It's a long time to be poor. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about the movie? Did I, I say? I said it was a diverse cast. I really liked the, the fact that there's more than one black guy. <laughs> there's several women of different two ethnicities. Right? Yeah, ethnicities. Yeah, there's yeah, the two, there's two, and like, <laughs> uh, and they're all handsome people. <laughs> sure, comic relief guy is like the least handsome, and he kind of looks like normal. But it's only because he's surrounded by incredibly beautiful people. I can't get over this, by the way. It's all relative. (laughs) Um, But I like that a lot about it because, uh, well, because we were talking about it so often these movies, like, the black guy dies. Well, now if a black, like, one of the black guys dies in this movie, 
It doesn't feel like he's been single. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like they play with that a little bit. Yeah. Because it looks like the other black guy's going to die. Yes. And then doesn't. Yes. <laughs> so, that's... And, like, the... Uh, and I also, like... I know it's dumb, but, like, the the crewman... Crewman handsome. <laughs> you know, it's really easy to do this thing where you have, like, the... Like, not that the crewman's going to necessarily be comic relief, but, like, they, they did not shy away from the guy. This guy's a good-looking guy who's competent and cool and gets the job done. And and I think that... I like that about this movie is... I think the cast is really, just just from representational terms, solid. Yeah. A yeah. lot of other movies, the, the crew guy would have died a lot sooner. Right. Or he would have been, like, the guy who delivered jokes, you know? Right. It's like, oh! I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, some movie from the 50s where it's like, oh, senor! <laughs> It's like, that's not, is that how it works in Borneo? Shut up. So you're saying the movie's not insanely racist. <laughs> Which is actually, I still think, a big plus. I mean, yep. I talk about the fact that, like, Star Trek, the, the, the reboot, which is not very good. Uh, well, it's sort of, sort of good, really bad, okay. <laughs> you're talking the one with uh, Scott Bakula? No, no, I'm talking about the movies. Oh, okay. And okay. one of the things about those movies I realized is, like, how diverse the cast is. But think about it. It's only diverse because it's based on Star Trek from the 60s. And it's still more diverse than most movies and TV shows we see today. So a show from the 60s that was trying to be diverse is still more diverse. <laughs> yeah. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> right? And that's why this movie, it's like, it's, it's, it's unusual to see three dark-skinned people in a movie that are just people, you know. And, yeah. and Three dark-skinned people and some Asian people. <laughs> some Asian people, a dark-haired, like, a Latino guy, a, a blonde woman. It's, like, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, the cliche of the evil British guy, but that's that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have everything. No. Oh, you can have some. You're it's asking like, too much. I don't trust that guy. He's British. <laughs> I think my likes, uh, along the same lines, I thought there were no, like, clearly... We talked about it a little bit. There were no really clear roles in this movie and and what we mean by that is that the the captain's not like the only hero of the right movie, right other people do heroic things right um the game over guy <laughs> is not the only like guy who, who screams and runs right away. <laughs> he doesn't so, just bumble around it's right. not his job just to bumble around these these characters all have a little more depth than you would normally see in this even the movie. monkey i think that's weird but even <laughs> even the monkey if you think about it like the monkey at the beginning like where it almost looks like he dies and he doesn't so it's kind of like that. He sort of a he sort of like he jumps out at first, like the jump scare. Then he shows up later, and then later on, like when they're chasing down the snake after it eats it eats the one guy, it's trying to eat the one guy. The monkeys helps helps <laughs> find it. So even the monkey has, without being cartoonish, is contributing more to the plot than just being a cute thing to be there. Right. So this kind of movie, the characters would be really exaggerated. Yes. <laughs> And I think this makes him seem more human. Right. And more relatable. And it's sort of that thing where it's like you think of the uh, classic slasher movies where you really will have some of the worst ones you'll have. There's the guy who's the practical joker. And that's all he ever does. (laughs) That's all he ever does through the movie. So at one point somebody can find him dead (laughs) and be like, very funny, Steve. (laughs) Or there's the slutty girl and that's all she is is just the slutty girl. Or there's the, the nerd. And they all kind of just embody one trait comically so right and cabin in the woods kind of played, played with, with that. that yeah right they played that to the hilt and then screwed around with your expectations right because even that's playing with it because the fact that they're like <laughs> that's not who you are right. and it was like this girl starts being the slutty girl and they're like what the hell and like the guy starts being the jock and they're like you got an economics degree you know what i mean <laughs> so i think that's a 
it's good. And it's and this movie does the same thing. I think it gives the characters more depth yeah. than they you see. Not like overwhelming, but you realize how rarely how easy it is to just go with these simplistic it stands out. Stereotype. Yeah, it stands right. out. If you if you've seen any of those movies on sci-fi, that's those are know, great examples of disposable. Right <laughs> yeah, because they're disposable. Right, they're disposable even in the fact that they're disposable and just boilerplate, poorly written. <laughs> right, it's like they wrote them in a week, yeah. and not even a talented writer, just somebody who just like boop 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 boop. Right, it off. and they yeah. probably just looked at another horror movie and like yeah. just changed the monster. Yeah, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. What did you not like about the movie? I think it takes a while to get going, which kind of goes with it that it needs to to deal with the characters, but I still think it's a little slow. But again, that's also because of probably the budget, special effects, and all that. I wish the snakes were in it more often, but then I also think I wish they weren't. <laughs> because if they were in it more often, the, the would just evolve into like a bunch of snake attacks. Yeah. I kind of like that the snakes are not in a lot, but when they are... They're important. It feels important. Maybe that's sort of the catch twenty two. I wish the snakes were in it more, but I also kind of wish they weren't. Glad they aren't because when they show up, it's important. It feels powerful. As opposed to after a while, it's kind of like well, if you keep getting away from the the, the anacondas, they don't feel dangerous. And if you just keep killing one every person, every scene, it gets redundant. I think they walked a, a good line there mm-hmm. because the, it's not just the snakes they're fighting. It's it's the nature out in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Because the jungle is fucking horrifying. <laughs> What we were saying was that... Spiders that will paralyze you, and it's rainy season, so you can drown in the river. <laughs> well, when we say the um, based on a screenplay from like some other older screenplay, we, we didn't look it up, but we were wondering if the screenplay was just about people trapped in the jungle trying to get them. <laughs> and they were just like, we can add anacondas to this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can. It's not, it's not hard to add anacondas to this at all. Turn this native attack into a giant yeah, snake. Yeah, that's right. At one point, they get attacked by an alligator. What about a snake? <laughs> Same thing, sure, I can work with that. <laughs> I That feels likely. Yeah. Well, I don't know if likely, but definitely possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing I didn't like about the movie is some of the action shots were really kind of poorly edited. Mm-hmm. Uh, very choppy, especially this first one with the, the native getting eaten by, eaten by a snake. I don't know what was going on. That one is... Hopped all... around and reshot a lot. That, that one's like... weird because that's sort of the default doesn't even need to be there scene. Uh, it only is there because... It's going to be a while before we get to the anaconda, so they want to give you like a a kill at the beginning. I guess that must be it. Um, and also, they don't want to reveal too much because they don't want to give too much away, even though you know they don't want to reveal the snake all at once. So I think that's why it exists. I, it's not it's not great. I think it could, this movie would be better off without it, even because I can wait. I'm not I'm not a child. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> because, but even if they had to leave it in, if yeah. they just the, like the guy looks behind him and it goes to black, yeah, that's accomplishes the same yeah. thing without. Revealing how crappy your CG this, snake is. This poor native is the uh, the skinny dipping couple at the beginning of a lot of horror yeah. movies. But he's even worse off because he's just hunting. Pretty cool scene where they're trying to round up this tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that The that's the only native we see because the other natives, when we get to the village, they just bugged out because they're like, no. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that the scene, that, that's a good way of, a cheap way of doing it, like setting up the the scene off off screen because <laughs> you know what happened at that village <laughs> just from the scene they set up right i expected to see natives when they went and found that I village. Did. yeah even the natives are not stupid you know what i mean that's what i like in this movie is that like nobody's an idiot you don't come to the natives and they're like oh we're eating this giant snake <laughs> bug out we're gone <laughs> if anybody should know about the giant murder snakes it's the natives yeah <laughs> like we're going up river for a while guys <laughs> 
I guess the other thing I didn't like was I said it earlier, Captain Hansen's emoting <laughs> not always the best. Why do you hate? <laughs> why do you hate the handsome Scott? I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. <laughs> Wish I had that muscly <laughs> thousand yard stare. I'm just saying, if I get attacked by a snake, I'm not expecting you to be handsome enough to save me. <laughs> Fend off the snake with my winning smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it for. Are we gonna do we do the wheel before or after the spoilers? We've been doing it after. Okay, okay. Well then, just okay. so we can talk about bits of the movie. Yeah. I think. So, uh, so I think it's worth watching. I still think it's a good movie, especially if you keep into account the the so many weaker monster movies. But it's not as good as I would like it to be. It's still pretty good. I think it's a solid. Solid effort. It's entertaining. I'm going to say it's a decent movie. Yeah. But I think it's the weakest one we've watched so far. I would believe that. I agree with that. Um, so go watch it if you like. Despite us saying that. <laughs> it just doesn't mean bad. It's not It's, it's entertaining. not a bad movie. It's entertaining. It's engaging. It's got a lot of good things about it. It's just some elements. Which maybe goes back to the thing we always, almost always comes up a lot. Is I think if the pacing was a little sharper. Could be. It's a short movie. So that helps it. But it, it does seem like at points that it drags. Once they get into the the jungle, it, it moves pretty well. Yeah, but that's not in a common for a lot of monster movies, to be honest. Yeah, I guess the early the the early part was a little slow. Um, right. I feel like overall it was, it was decently paced. Yeah, because part of that were, they were trying to build suspense. Yeah, and the characters too, right? Establishing the relationships and stuff, which is good. All right. Well, uh, see the movie if you like. If not, stick around. <laughs> Spoilers incoming. <laughs> Okay. I think it's time. Spin the wheel of metaphors. To spin the wheel of metaphors. (laughs) And let fate tell us what what this movie really means. It's going to come out. It's it's about the hunt for blood orchids. Oh my god, it's exactly right. Consumerism. Consumerism. (laughs) Well, the thing about consumerism is really almost anything can be better for for that. Because really, the guy's motivation is to make millions of dollars. And he's willing to sacrifice people. <laughs> Lee, to this get it is done. the point of the wheel of metaphors. I'm just saying, consumerism works almost for anything. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> but I mean, really directly for anything. So, consumerism is the concept that people uh, must consume yes. to support the economy. Yes. <laughs> so. Like a giant snake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think are the snakes the consumers in this scenario? <laughs> or is it. The scientist that's willing to sacrifice people to get make a profit. <laughs> Maybe that's the that's the metaphor is that he's not any different than the anacondas, and in fact, he's just as much a threat as the anacondas. Yeah, worse in some ways. It, worse intent. <laughs> well, because worse because here's the thing: the anacondas can be satisfied. <laughs> Their consumerism has a limit. His doesn't, because greed. You feed the snake, yeah. like like man is the real monster, right? Well, because like in this one, the snake, like the reason it's called anacondas is because once the snake eats somebody, it's done. 
It's not coming back. Yes, they talk about this in the movie. Yes. The snake's eaten. It'll probably go away for a while. Right. This is before they know there's, you know, a murder ball of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the difference. So it's really highlighting the stable society of the snakes against our, our never-ending lust for for more. Yeah. More well, heads. <laughs> now when you get to the end where they kill a bunch of the snakes that aren't doing anything really wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, the they're wrong for doing it. I mean, the snakes aren't going to be reasonable, but it's sort of that thing is that at the end, it's like, well, the snakes are sort of the monsters, but the humans just killed a bunch of snakes <laughs> that were just living their lives. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that part of the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently, the blood organs all got destroyed as well. <laughs> well, that goes back to the rule. Apparently so all science stuff has to get destroyed. You can never profit off of science. Yes. Especially if anybody's died and you profit off of science. People wouldn't accept it. I don't well, <laughs> I think there's also something, and I maybe this is me reading too much into it, but I think there's also this thing about, like, well, in the real world, we don't have immortality drugs. So <laughs> sure. they didn't want to do, like, Anacondas 3 and have to explain <laughs> immortality serum. I think that happens a lot. Like, there's this weird thing of, like, kind of the reset button that happens in storytelling. Because you'll see that, like, you know, aliens will come down and then they'll attack and then all evidence of the aliens goes away, all the stuff. Right. Because it's kind of like, well, we can't have... People have. I'm going to say the world. that always feels cheap to me. It does. It does. And it um, felt cheap in this movie. <laughs> it always feels cheap. It's like even in, um, at least with um, Deep Blue Sea, there's part of the message idea is that you're not, you're not supposed to succeed. Although even that seems kind of silly to me because it's kind of like it's 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 tragic. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, well, it's not like I was worried about Deep Blue Sea too. If they made it well, that, I'd be like, so they've cured Alzheimer's. It's like, well, yeah, but that just means <laughs> you can still tell a story. Hollywood won't do it because it's it's controversial, right? If if they cure Alzheimer's, then people have to think. Well, I mean, only like four people died. <laughs> it's not that bad. I don't My know. grandpa has Alzheimer's. I'd, I I'd, I'd sacrifice four people to cure. <laughs> I guess, but I just think it's a it's a holdover from the old days. I think of movies like old black and white movies, and there'll be something where oh look, we've got this this thing, and then they can't have it because the movie's kind of like you're not allowed to change i don't know Can't it's a weird thing <laughs> i don't know it's weird i mean like one of the things i like about the mummy movies is that like after the first mummy movie they're rich because they have <laughs> the stuff from the mummy they can still have a story it's not like it messes everything up yeah i think there'd be ways around it even if they did get the orchids yeah i mean maybe that company just kept it or there's research going on right? it, it, it's not like if i was watching anacondas 3 i'd be like wait a minute what about the alzheimer drug that's not really what it would have to be about <laughs> I don't know. So consumerism. <laughs> but no, you know, it is, it is an interesting it's a idea. Loose fit. Well, no, no, but you think <laughs> about consumerism. I do have to admit, it's interesting because that is sort of the question about like, these snakes are obviously consumers. Everything everything consumes. But they really do have a limit. Whereas is, you have to ask yourself, for example, the, the, you know, the handsome bad guy, what is the limit he's willing to stop at? Right. And the answer is really nothing. I mean, he doesn't... There isn't a limit. There isn't him. a limit, you know? Especially, and it's like, it's a little bit like the campaign. The more you invest in it, the more you have to do. Yeah, this is the sunk cost fallacy. Right, whereas I think, a, I think a snake <laughs> would eventually be like, ah, too much trouble, I'll just go find something else. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, I mean, a snake's evaluating things on a, like, a present case basis. Right. <laughs> If something's too dangerous, it'll go the other way. <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully. I mean, it'd be weird to run into a snake that was like, man, I'm just, I've really dedicated myself to eating that guy. Anaconda's three. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
It's like Snake Jaws Harder. for Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> Anacondas. The Anacondas are coming to this city looking for this one guy. They come to the city. Well, that's better than Jaws. Snakes in the city. Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> where there's a shark killing the Brody family. And they're not smart enough to just go away from water. <laughs> I'll never stop surfing, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't fear the reaper. I'm just saying. If I'm being hunted by anacondas and all it took was not going to the jungle, I'd be okay. <laughs> get a letter the jungle's in the, not in your blood. Get a letter in the mail. You've just won a million dollars. Collect by the old tree in the old jungle. Nice try, anacondas. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> they always put the SSS. Yeah. SSSS. Nice try. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you bring this up because this does bother me that so many S snake characters have to do the S sound. It feels, I know there's no snake people, it still feels mildly racist. <laughs> What are we talking about now? Just Harry Potter? Snake people. <laughs> it's like uh it's like when there's cat people in, in some like fiction they'll be oh, like, sure. how's it going? It's like shut <laughs> up. That seems I mean, I don't need I don't think snake people and cat people need me to defend them. But it still feels weird. Lazy. It feels yeah, lazy. Yeah, it is. I agree. That's <laughs> that's I like that about Bojack Horseman. Yeah. Where some of the the animals have characteristics, but yeah. they're not. They're not lazy they're not like, like that. Barking in between words, right? <laughs> Princess, Princess Caroline. Princess Caroline. She's not like meow. No, she's like a yeah. No, I like that because otherwise it's it's a little it's cheesy and it's lazy. I'm just saying, if you're a snake man, I will not. And, and by the way, if you do have that S problem, I'm not going to hold it against you either. I understand. <laughs> It'd be great if the first snake guy comes out and sounds like that, and the other ones come out. And sound normal. They're like, oh, he's just he's got like, a, he's got a list. Yeah, he comes, he comes out. <laughs> Hello, how's it going? <laughs> Gary, you're making us look like idiots. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> stop it? Oh. <laughs> then you find oh, out that boy. they all talk like that and just, they went to diction school. <laughs> Gets drunk. Starts talking with the S. <laughs> Oh, call us Hollywood. <laughs> call us Hollywood for the snake people. <laughs> we know you're working on it. <laughs> probably. They're working on everything. So, Wait, has somebody done it before? They'll probably do a remake. <laughs> probably. Have you seen, uh, oh. uh, have you seen uh, Sound of Zorn? Uh-uh. It's that show that's like... Uh, oh, I've w- seen the commercial. With the, Yeah, where he's like basically a cartoon He-Man character in the real world. <laughs> right. And he comes from this land, Zephyria, that's all like that. But in, in the one point, you see his uh, wedding video. And everybody's cartoon except for his wife. But then this snake man runs out because he's like... And he and he does sort of talk like with an S. <laughs> his name is Sir Pent. But of course, that makes sense to me because he's kind of a silly. It's a stereotype thing. You know, but uh, right. I object. <laughs> so... Uh. So, anacondas. Anacondas. <laughs> we open up with, and this is a little bit of trivia for all the uh, three or four A. Lee Martinez fans out there who are listening to this. Um, the credits open up with like you know top, uh, top topographical map overlay kind of thing. And that was done by uh, Animal Logic, which is the Australian uh, animation studio that did uh, the Lego movie. And they briefly had Gil's Off-Right Diner optioned for maybe about like two years. 
Uh, it didn't pan out. Never pans out. But I got money, and they were nice. <laughs> so, Sounds like it was very exciting. At the it time. was, and they they did a good job on these credits. <laughs> they look like a graphical map. They sure do. <laughs> did they also do the CG for the snakes? I don't think so. I didn't say that because it said they just did the uh, credits. I guess if you need a topographical map, you need one. <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy working on Lego animating technology. <laughs> yeah. This was uh, 2004. <laughs> they were way ahead of the curve. Probably just an idea. They were way ahead of the curve. So it opens up with the poor, like you talking about, the poor native getting killed in a scene that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, diversity... <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it's nice in the sense that he doesn't, the natives don't come across as, uh, I mean, it happens less and less, but I just think of like, like I love Tarzan, but you watch some of those old Tarzan movies and a lot of the natives are just kind of like Ooga Booga and this yeah, one. it's definitely a product of its time. And this guy, he, he seems like a person. Again, when he he gets killed, it's like, well, you don't feel like, oh, well, uh, whatever. Like, oh, that guy, that sucked for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's not a cardboard cutout no. throwaway character. Or yeah. I mean, he is a throwaway character because yeah. he's there to die. But right. They're not having him <laughs> say Ooga Booga. <laughs> you know, it's it's so easy to do still. You know, I mean, you'll see it in movies and stories, and I'm just like, this is like 2000. It's very jarring. Don't... We'll bring the the movies that don't do that on the podcast. Yes. One at a time. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna change the sorry system. So then we cut to the typical boardroom scene. That's like the beginning of Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> I think this one's a little stronger because it feels like there's people invested in this. Yeah, everybody's talking, right? <laughs> and I, and I like that because like the uh, the CEO guy, the the exact, like when they're like, well, we have these, but they only blow them for like two weeks, like the immortality serum drug, and the guy's like, do it, right? Right? Of course he would. <laughs> not like the uh, this scene makes a lot of sense, right? Not like the uh, Deep Blue Sea version of. <laughs> I give you a week to cure Alzheimer's. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The deep blue sea scene should have been somebody walking in and say, "Hey, if we cure Alzheimer's, we're gonna make a billion dollars." Because right. that's what this guy's like. Well, I'll send you get some flowers. If we're lucky, it'll lead to On the chance that this does yeah, work. Yeah. It's worth whatever it costs. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, that was pretty good. Again, logical. Right. <laughs> the script is logical. And it's also establishing a lot of characters. Like, uh, you get to, to meet them in their, their interaction, especially the, the, the primary characters. You got, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember that guy's actor, but he's, uh, all these people, the, 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 you can tell because they're the best looking people in the room. <laughs> That's how you know they're important characters. <laughs> they mentioned this cast is very pretty. It's slowly working its way into my mind. Yeah. You're gonna have some weird. I'm gonna have some weird dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they establish that they need to go to Borneo and find this flower, this the blood orchid of immortality. That's right. (laughs) And when they get into Borneo, this part feels a little hammy (laughs) because everybody, all the characters are starting to get more exaggerated just to kind of establish the baseline here. Uh, the chick with the southern accent that's probably in an affectation. <laughs> yes, because it comes and goes. <laughs> um, so we meet the douchebag guy who's going to die. <laughs> and Sam, who apparently has this power over men. Because <laughs> nobody can shut up about how much they want to get with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, she has she has Johnny Rico's problem, but like it's much more irritating if there's a woman. 
Right. Because every like the two guys are hitting on her. Kevin Hansen doesn't hit on her. That's that's a point for him. Well, that's how they get together. That's how know? they get together. And she's like, hey, this guy, Kevin Hansen, he's good looking, and he doesn't just treat me like a piece of meat. <laughs> right. It feels it feels like a real problem that some women have. Oh uh, yeah, I have no problem believing it. Johnny Rico's problem is stupid. <laughs> But her problem, I believe. I totally believe that. And even the fact that the other woman doesn't respect her right. because she thinks she slept her way to the top, basically. And I love that, you know, although I love that, you know, the other woman's gorgeous, too. So. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a little weird that none of these guys, like, hit on her. I know. It's really strange. It's just like, <laughs> this is not a runner-up contest. They want to be like, well, darn. <laughs> Well, that was uh, my only gambit. I guess I'll sleep with the hot business lady. <laughs> what a life. So. This is where they establish the complication, which is that it's the rainy season and they don't have a boat because the crew, people smartly, wisely, are not going to sail on the river, <laughs> the deadly river, when it's rainy season. Which is good as a complication because then you, you introduce the, the fact that there's going to be complications. Right. I don't know if we mentioned, but there's a time limit on the blood orchid. Yes. So they've got like a week or two to yeah, find at it best. before it uh, stops blooming for seven years. Years. Yeah. I think that's it's funny is that like that's such a contrived idea, but then there are flowers that actually do that, which is just oh, sure. like what a weird thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem contrived. No, no, that's... no. <laughs> and uh, so then they go to get the new captain, Jensen, Captain Jensen, Jinsu. That's right. <laughs> Walk. And I do like the part because it's sort of the CD bar. But this is, again, where I think the movie is – because, again, a, a, a lazier film would make this scene where the bar is all, like, seedy and dark and grimy. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, my God. Oh. Or, like, you cut over some guys, like, playing Mumbly Pig or something. They're just people. <laughs> These people are living their lives. Yeah. It looks like a seedy bar at first. But right. then you realize it's just – a bar in Borneo. <laughs> right. It's just a bar in this place in Borneo. And, and their people are just living their lives. And, and I like that the city, like, it's raining. You know, when they're walking through the rain, but people are just living their stuff. There's act- shops. There's activity. It's not it's not played as exotic cartoon. It's played as exotic just as a usual play. Right. And I see why that made you think of the car a little bit. Right. Because um, it is kind of similar, right? Yeah. It's a kind of realistic looking town. <laughs> right. It feels like a... Again, I know it's small, but it, it feels like either they filmed at a real place or... But even then, filming at a real place, it's really easy to, to exaggerate. It's really easy to do it. Yep. You know, and um, they, they go and they try to hire a captain and they talk to the first mate. <laughs> <laughs> at first, they think he's Jinsoon. Right, because uh, he's a native. <laughs> right, and that, that joke where he's talking him into in Indonesian. Is it Indonesian that they speak? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, your Indonesian sucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we want to hire you. And then he goes and talks to... Captain Hanson. Captain Hanson's introduction. Bill Johnson. Oof. <laughs> A.K.A. Jin Soon. Oh, yeah. And I, like, I do like that because it's kind of like, oh, it's just it's a pronunciation thing. Because yeah. I like that because, you know, it's, again, it's a, it's a way of doing that joke, but it's also kind of, you know, it's a different world and different yeah. language. It's fair. Yeah. It feels, <laughs> again, it feels like a real place that's not just set up for gags and jokes or exaggerated scares. Right. They don't call Bill Johnson like the white devil or something. <laughs> they just call him Johnson. We're looking for the river devil. <laughs> they just call him Johnson in an accent. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's the same way. It's not like he's like, he's not some mysterious drifter. He's just some guy who's there. He lives there. <laughs> like he doesn't, there's not a moment where he talks about his serious backstory. <laughs> I lost five men on the river. <laughs> 
scenes and shit. Right. <laughs> it's like he's just a guy who lives here and works here, which I like. And, of course, they end up paying him a yeah. lot of money to go down the river. <laughs> you can't deny that. No. That raspy voice. I'll I'm get like, you there. I'm like, I know it's dangerous, but I feel so safe. <laughs> Hold me in your arms, Captain Hansel. Stay with us, folks. We're getting weird. <laughs> I'm I'm learning new things about myself. <laughs> now I see why you wanted to watch it. Apparently, apparently, this movie drew me in in ways. I'm a, I'm blossoming, I'm blossoming, and awakening. There's things I'm learning. I'm gonna I'm watch carefully s- to see if any of his other movies show up on our I, list. I am a, a straight male. But if Captain Hansen wanted to cradle me in his arms, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd tell him no. <laughs> Especially if there's a snake attack going on, I'm going to Captain Hansen. Yeah. He's going to protect me. We'd all like to think that we'd, you know, maintain <laughs> our defined gender role. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows, right? In the heat of the moment. The heat of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> So they get on the river. Right. Everybody's giving this guy shit about his boat. Which is nice. His boat is really nice. It looks like one of the better boats in Borneo. It's a nice boat. It's got it's got facilities. Yeah. It's got different places to sleep. It's got a roof. It's got a roof. the rain off you. Yeah. It's got a car table. I mean, it seems unfair. It does. It does. The amount of crap they're giving him about his right. boat. Right. Um, and there's the jump scare here. With the monkey Kong. With the monkey. Who I like. I like them. I really like this monkey. Because I like that he's not just thrown as a disposable commodity. He's the one who has the first real encounter with a snake. Yeah. He's the one who who uh, helps them with, uh, with, like that. When that guy needs rescuing, the monkey's the one who helps them find it. So. If there had been a snake telepath in the crew of scientists... <laughs> This could have been a very different... It would have been a different Snake movie. telepath, monkey telepath. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Snake telepath would have been interesting, too. Yeah. <laughs> the guy decides to join the snakes and kill, kill all humans. That's the danger of bringing the snake telepath with you. <laughs> Empathy. He's like, you can start telling me he turns evil because he starts using the S's. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's going on, Jerry? Nothing. Everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Quite the serious situation. It's going to sound horrible on the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we won't have many snake men on this podcast. So yeah, the monkey... You racist. <laughs> so okay. the monkey, Kong... Cute, he's cute, I like him. With a bunch of character stuff, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's good, but it's all character stuff. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, this is one of the slower parts. Of the it movie. is a slower part. I think uh, it's this is the danger. I mean, I don't think it was a negative, but the danger of giving character... Part of the reason that you shorthand is because you can shorten this up. If you give the characters personalities, then you have to establish those personalities. And so that's the downside. And I have to say, if the downside is that you have to spend a little more time with the characters and you actually give them personalities, I think I'd probably, I'm probably for it. Um, because I realized, like, even though I said this movie is very much a standard monster, you know, animal movie, the fact that I care about the characters dying <laughs> is nice. Yep. Um, because it changes the format of how you feel about it. 
I think I agree. But if they stretched any part of the movie, it was this part. Yes, I agree. <laughs> to fill out 90 minutes or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And then um, when the first encounter is when Kong runs off to grab a like a lemon or an avocado or whatever those are. And that's when we have the... <laughs> Jungle fruit. <laughs> the, the the snake attacking the monkey. <laughs> And it's a good scene. Actually, it's one of the better scenes. I think the I actually I don't I know it's just a monkey. Pretty suspenseful. It is. <laughs> snake and the and the monkey is pretty good at like like I buy his his acting <laughs> where he's kind of like oh I gotta get out of here and he's under that log <laughs> and you know it's that rule about animals you know in movies is like you kill a lot of people but if the dog lives I'm happy. <laughs> you do seem to have a special affinity for dogs in movies. <laughs> poor in particular. Poor blue bear. <laughs> He didn't get to live like Kong did. That wasn't right. That wasn't right. (laughs) Damn clowns. (laughs) Clowns are more merciless than the snake. Maybe because the snake probably just went off after something else after the monkey became too hard to get. Clowns are vindictive. The clowns are vindictive and kill the clowns. (laughs) You're a little too much like us. (laughs) And there's a line Captain Handsome has. (laughs) Everything gets eaten out here. Oh, yeah, This yeah, is yeah. the jungle. <laughs> Which I liked enough that I wrote down. That's a good line. I like it. Because it establishes, like, again, it's not just that the anaconda is dangerous here. Everything is dangerous yeah. out here. Yeah, there's a man versus nature component to it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, on the boat, they have, like, the, 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 the verbal cat fight where the one scientist, <laughs> the one business lady scientist is... Calling the other one out. Yeah, so one of the scientists is not super confident that they're going to find the cure for immortality. <laughs> but she, she goes, they're paying me. Right. So here I am. Right. Well, she's not sabotaging either, which I like. Again, that's the right. subtle line is that she doesn't believe, like, well, this is a waste of time. But she's also being paid and she's taking it seriously. But she's also like, well, if it becomes too hard or too dangerous, we got to not do it. She's an obstacle in the sense that she's conflicted with the other characters. But it's not opposite conflict. I, I've said this, um, I've noticed this more and more with writing is it's really easy for like a writer to just put characters at opposite end of the spectrum, create conflict. You know, this character wants to go here and this character doesn't want to go there. But another interesting, I, I prefer it, you can, have, you can get just an interesting conflict when you have characters that agree on what they're doing, but they don't agree how to do it. Yeah. So everybody's on this, like everybody on this, especially the first part, everyone's on this mission. But everyone has a different goal of why they're on this mission and what they're hoping to accomplish. Really, really wise writing tidbits. It's something I've I've I've, I've noticed I've, I've noticed it more. Award-winning author, <laughs> Ailey Martinez. It's it's actually really interesting because I've noticed it more and more, and it's it's because a lot of times when people talk about writing, they talk about conflict, and I'm just like, conflict doesn't have to be direct. It doesn't have to be I'm a killer clown and I'm a human. <laughs> It, right. It, it has to be... It's not all pirates and ninjas. It's not all, I want to kill you and I don't want to die. It can be, we all want to do this thing, but we don't <laughs> agree how to do it. We have different lines that we're not willing to cross. Different lines, different methods. I mean, you'll see that sometimes in movies where it'll be like some bad guy is like willing to kill everybody and then the other guy's like, well, I'm not willing to kill everybody. You know, that was on yeah. his side. So at least like changed his mind. In uh, Kung Fu Panda 2... I forget the name of the villain, but the peacock villain is like orders the leader of the bandits to fire on his own men, and he won't. Yeah, because he's like, that's not that's not cool, dude. These I'm a I'm a vicious brigand. <laughs> that's I'm not going to do that. And there you go. That creates conflict. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be cartoonish. No, it doesn't. And I I like it better when it's not cartoonish. Right. <laughs> so I mean, scientist lady here is I can't remember her name, <laughs> but she's taking a lady. She's taking what I think most people are going to identify with as the reasonable course. Yes. 
which is I'm happy to go out here and collect my paycheck, <laughs> but if it gets dangerous, I'm bugging out. <laughs> right, we need to call it off because it's not it's iffy to begin with. It's not worth lives for something that's iffy. <laughs> <laughs> then there's you know the part about the it's raining more and the river's becoming unstable. Yeah, so there's more complication. And then this is the part. This is interesting because then uh, scumbag guy <laughs> offers to pay pay him more money, the captain, to make it. Captain Handsome. Captain Handsome agrees. And then that's later on where we have the boat because the river's too flooded and the boat crashes, which is actually, I think, a pretty good scene. I really like the boat crashing scene. Yeah, that's good. It's there's, a good scene. There's a bit before this where yeah. um, the skeptical scientist lady yeah. falls off the boat and is oh. almost eaten by an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> so she's swimming back to the boat and they're holding out like a stick for her to grab onto. Yeah. And this alligator shows up. <laughs> And Captain Hansen springs into action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kicks its ass. Gets out his favorite stabbing knife. <laughs> favorite reptile killing knife. It's a good, I like this a good sequence. I always, I mean, as a fan of Tarzan, I enjoy whenever anybody fights an alligator. <laughs> a little cheesy to start with. But I love that uh, the game over guy <laughs> is just so pumped that he killed like, the alligator. You won! That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's a good bit. Yeah, because it's like, uh, <laughs> it's establishing, it's like, I didn't think you you would win. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the rainy season has flooded the river. Yeah. And they, you know, have, they lose control of the rudder and they go off course. Yeah. And, and the boat. That waterfall seems pretty good. Flips over a waterfall. It's a really nice scene. It's pretty cool. Uh, the guy's falling out of the boat. It's, it's well done. Yeah. You can and, tell some of it's CG, but it's better CG than yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of the, yeah. uh, some of the other scenes. And, I mean, the boat. It looks like wasted. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. you're screwed. So Captain Handsome is not... He's surprisingly pragmatic about losing his boat. Yes. Um, partly because he partly, knows it was his own fault. Right. Because he knew better. He accepts responsibility for it, which is, right. you know, typical protagonist. What's the word I'm looking for here? It's a little... It's interesting. It's a little bit different. Integrity. Integrity. Because maybe it's the difference is that, you know, maybe because... You know, like in Deep Blue Sea, which is a parallel, she doesn't, she kind of, she thinks that, well, can't, they can't die for nothing, but she never kind of owns up to it was her fault and what she did. Right. Whereas he is like, well, this is my problem. This is my fault. Like, it's not your fault that I destroyed the boat. I'm the one who's supposed to know. Right. And you get the sense that that's, you know, the captain's code of. Yes. He's ultimately where the buck stops. Right. So then they come up with the plan, contacting his friend with their satellite phone. He's going to meet um, uh, Livingston. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah, I, I wanted him to do. It would have been totally inappropriate, like when they find his body. Mr. Livingston, I presume. <laughs> I would have been like, that's cold, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Damn, man. That's cold. History joke, kids. Read a book. Hmm. You think our, our listeners are millennials? <laughs> I just think kids isn't people just general. I, I, the tick, the one of the animated characters was the human ton, and he had a puppet that would talk and say things. And at one point, he was like, "He's soaking in his tent like Agamemnon at the Battle of Troy." And all the characters kind of like, like read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. And uh, <laughs> they're gonna bush without bushwhack their way yes. through the jungle, <laughs> which is dangerous, but they still don't know how dangerous. 
Right. They have not yet encountered the giant anaconda snakes. No. And then they have to go through the jungle, which is dangerous, but not too dangerous. But then they got to hike through that, everyone knows, way steep water. <laughs> You're not, someone's not making it out of there. Just say no to way steep <laughs> rivers. Right. I mean, you just, as you know, it's like, oh, it's brackish, so you can't see anything either. Okay. That's really good. As long as we go really slow, everything should be fine. Oh, my God. That's, I would exhaust myself. I would run through it. There's I knew a, you get so tired. There's a good reason to go slow through these things, right? You have to find your footing. No, I'm just running. I'm just running. And I just fall in and drown at the You're end. Like, I'll swim. And the rest to. of us make it. The rest of the guys making it are like, well, I guess we had to lose one. I guess it was better than him. I don't know why he started screaming and ran off. But <laughs> Someone touched my leg. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> And this is where not quite douchebag, but handsome guy gets eaten <laughs> yeah. by the snake. The most forgettable fake. character, if only because the, the most first short-lived. Forest more short-lived, yes. And he gets killed by the giant anaconda, which <laughs> freaks everybody out appropriately. Sure. That's the the snake is... How long would you say? Like, oh, on this 40 one. 40 feet? At least. You know, that's what else I think it's I like about this movie. Maybe it's the same thing I like about I liked about Deep Blue Sea and the same thing I liked about the car is when the snake attacks, the movie doesn't try to play coy with it. Like when it attacks the monkey, of course, we don't see they don't see that. But when it attacks this guy, like right away these people know there's a giant snake. It doesn't like they didn't do something where like the guy went wandered off somewhere and got killed <laughs> by a snake and they're like, What happened to Steve? We'll never know and they walk away. <laughs> They know the danger they're in, which makes them not as stupid. They're not patsies. Right. They're not that thing where it's contrived. They don't know they're in danger, so they can slowly be picked off one by one. <laughs> they know. I mean, there's no denying right. <laughs> what's happened. They're still going to get picked off one by right, one. Right. But, but they're, they're not because but they're... But now it's more horrifying. <laughs> not, and also not because they're oblivious. <laughs> it's sort of a lazy riding to be like, oh, they don't know. <laughs> The jungle's dangerous. First of all, there's no reason to do that because they already know the jungle. jungle's freaking dangerous. Right. They're not splitting up into Scooby-Doo right. search parties. <laughs> None of them are like, well, luckily there's there's no giant snake, so I'm sure the jungle's fine. <laughs> Captain Handsome, of course, is saying everybody stick together. <laughs> right. And there are, nobody argues. Right. There's not that scene, like that B-movie scene where someone's going, I'm going to go to the bathroom, don't watch. <laughs> Tell you right now, if you're stuck in the jungle with me and there's giant killer snakes or just anything in general, you're going to watch me pee. Get used to it. <laughs> Note to self. Note to self. <laughs> Reconsider hiking with Lee. <laughs> in the deadly jungle. Just in general. In general. I'm okay in the regular forest. Okay. I'm not that paranoid. Although sometimes you watch those movies or stories and it's like it's like they'll they'll wander off to go to the bathroom and they keep going way, way, way into the woods. Yeah. That's the one that drives me nuts. Right. Just like, go around the tree. Yeah. You can be behind the bush and nobody can see you, but they can still like, hear you. But no, some of them are like, don't, I'm going. And then they'll slowly go farther and farther until like they're slashed to death by like a hockey mask guy and nobody heard him. Yeah, it's like I'm they're like, looking for a porta potty in the middle of the forest. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to let some people hear my farting noises <laughs> rather than be torn apart by a bear. I'm just nuts that way. It's because you're a barbarian. I am a barbarian. <laughs> don't look. Oh, don't listen. 
Anyway, this is not that. <laughs> no, and I like again. I'll give movie this credit to this movie is it doesn't use cheap tricks for uh, false scares or to have the characters act stupidly. The, first of all, I mean it knows the characters are in a screwed situation to begin with, so it it's not it, it knows it doesn't have to ratchet up <laughs> the problem. <laughs> the problem's pretty serious already. Yeah, right. You're in the jungle, baby. <laughs> so and this part eats everything. <laughs> so the guy gets eaten, and they they get out of the yes. the brackish water pretty quick. <laughs> And Game Over guy is losing his shit. This is his Game Over moment. <laughs> Which is okay. This is sure. an appropriate time. He can't handle the, the psychological stress of watching a man be eaten by a giant snake. While still surrounded <laughs> by miles of an inhospitable jungle. A snake that may not be too far away. <laughs> right. Or an alligator. Or a panther. It's all right. This is a case of this freakout moment is perfectly acceptable to me. I think it was an alien's. Also, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I guess the difference there is the guy was supposed to be a trained soldier. Right. Although he's not trained to but, fight you know, aliens. Sure. It works there, too. Yeah. I'm not trained to fight something that pops out of the ceiling and eats my face. <laughs> yeah. If he was a trained monster hunter, yeah, he should, he should be ready. In the future, like you fight aliens, <laughs> you should be ready. Sure. Like Starship Troopers. Like they freaked out. But it wasn't for aliens. If anything, like Starship Troopers, that was their mistake. That especially that first poor guy who gets slaughtered because he's like, oh, kill them all. He's I like, did like that about Starship Troopers. His problem was he wasn't scared enough about bugs. <laughs> I did like it in Starship Troopers that mostly real tactics seem to win out over <laughs> stupid bullshit. Aside from the gymnastic <laughs> dismemberings of different bugs. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in Starship Troopers, they don't panic when they should. It's like, oh, there's just there's a huge horde of giant bugs. Okay, well, I've got a gun. Really? That's part of the. I think that's part of the psychological. That's true. That's um, true. Kind of brainwashing of that society. These guys are more stable in in, in anacondas. They're like, no. <laughs> right. They didn't come there to fight giant snakes. Like giant snakes, or even regular sized snakes, <laughs> or alligators, or uh, deadly deadly spiders. Deadly spiders. <laughs> This is where they introduce. Is this where they introduce the spider? I think so. Um, the stone spider. Yeah, the stone where it's like if you get bit, you get paralyzed for like two days. <laughs> yeah. um, and I like this bit too because they they immediately grab it in one of their specimen jars. Like we gotta study this, right? <laughs> I like it. It's it's good again. It's that we talk about like foreshadowing because it's foreshadowing how it'll be used later, but it also fits with why they would do it. Yeah, they don't just grab it because <laughs> I need this for a later scene. Right. They don't. Like, kill that one, and another one shows up later. <laughs> no. Well, because, yeah, and it, it, I like that. It, uh, the spider, and I do like, here's the interesting thing. The spider shows up for the bad guy, and he uses it against another character. And then ultimately becomes his undoing, too. <laughs> and I like that, because it's sort of, it's it's poetic. You know what? I'm liking this movie more Heavenly Justice. as we talk about it. We're talking ourselves into it. <laughs> well, you know, it's not that it's a great movie. But there's things that I realize that make it better than it needs to be. And that's that's something I think is worth pointing out. I think a lot of cases with these movies, right. uh, we see them and something sticks. Maybe it's not completely in your conscious mind no. at the time, but um, well, it becomes apparent as we know, kind of pick them apart. You see a lot of like these major blockbusters, and sometimes I'll be, you know, you could have done the basic storytelling technique. There's nothing really exceptional about this movie, except that the craftsmanship is there. It's just basic. Show the, the spider... Have the spider, you know, do something, and then have the spider do something again. That's just basic storytelling technique. 
And you realize when you're watching like something like Suicide Squad. Now, part of that was because there's so many people involved in Suicide Squad and so many different cuts and so many confusing things in that movie that it can't do that. There's no way for it to have possibly done that. But that's the point, though. This is just basic storytelling stuff done well. I've learned more and more that, yeah, you know, high art is elevates things. But even just telling a story well is worthy of a praise, I think. I agree. We can know what all the beats are going to be. Right. And if it's like a well-written, well-acted story, then it's still compelling. And this one has a few surprises, which I like too. Suicide Squad, I think we've talked about this before, maybe off the podcast, but um, they were trying to do what Avengers did without... Ten movies leading up right. to Right, <laughs> and also Suicide Squad was done by, like, it was started before they finished it. Like, the script was written in, like, six weeks, which is way much quicker than a script normally written. It was cut one way, then they recut it, then they had another trailer company recut it, then they did reshoots. I'm like, there's no way to maintain a, a, a coherent story with that. Like, Deep Blue Sea, they do reshoots, but it was at the very end. It's it's just a few changes in the script. It's not in the middle. It doesn't disrupt the whole story. Suicide Squad has that all through it, where there's bits where they'll set things up and then they drop them. Um, It very much looks like somebody said, all right, we're doing anti-Avengers DC. (laughs) Right, and we're rushing it, though. Make it happen. (laughs) Like, this movie couldn't have... I'm sure this movie didn't take a long time to make. I'm sure it wasn't a huge production. There's still a a basic storytelling technique that shows up. It doesn't seem rushed. No, it doesn't. And there's no reason it would be, right? I mean, no ways... Well, but you can still get lazy. You can still be lazy. That's true. You know, I mean, it's it's it doesn't have to. You could have done like the spider thing could be so much quicker, but the spider thing is done well because it's just here's the three things and we'll do it. So then they they decide to go meet their friend. So they get there, but of course, this is where they had to have the complication. Otherwise, they get away. The snake shows up, <laughs> kills kills Livingston. Living Livingston the drunk, <laughs> right? And I like that Livingston. Like he gets killed pretty easily, but again, it's not because he's an idiot. He has his equipment. He has it in a lockbox, which is important to have it safe because if they know what's going to happen on the river, sure. and he's going for it, right. and he gets killed. Right. He has got no reason to expect. Which again, now that I'm talking to, <laughs> now that I'm talking about it, once again is set up. They set up that he's got the box with the flare gun, with the flare gun and the satellite radio. Pistol. They have the pistol. Yeah. They have him go for it. When he gets killed, when the boat sinks, we know what that that it's in the box. That's why we know it's preserved. And then when it shows up again, and the bad guy, the good, you know, the the one guy finds out that the bad guy's basically been hiding it because he doesn't want the mission to end. We know what's in it. It's established clearly without over-establishing it. Because otherwise, sometimes you over-establish something, and it's just like, hey, here's that thing, guys. Yeah, stop. <laughs> well, we talk about it a lot where people just want to throw that stuff in your face. Yes. And it's not necessary at all. No. Um, so, yeah. Assume I'm paying attention to the movie. It's well written. <laughs> it is. I'm actually I'm actually starting to get a little bit on board with this movie again. Still, it still probably is the weakest movie we've done, but just the basics of, of, of storytelling and acting production is all there. And, and I think that, like, this movie, like, Rotten Tomatoes was, like, 26%. I think that's a, I think that's really undeserved. That seems pretty harsh. Yeah, it seems undeserved. There are some weak links. But I think everything they set up, like the spider and the the weapon and all yeah. the, the foreshadowing, is it seems that's, very well done. That's care. Somebody took the time to do that properly. Yeah. Somebody uh, went and over the script more than once. <laughs> yes. And cared to edit it properly. You know, they just edit it out. So, yeah. So then they find the boat. And at first they think that the captain was drunk and crashed the boat. Because, again, they don't think... 
You know, this gives me, this makes me think more that you might be onto something here where somebody wrote a movie that didn't have snakes in it <laughs> and they were shopping it around and some studio just picked it up and I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll do Anacondas 2 with it. Yeah. It, well, it's not hard to do. I mean, the snakes, because the blood orchid, it works and you could easily have, I mean, this could have been a different like alligator pit or, right. or it could have actually been like a snake movie, but not like giant snakes. And they were just like, well, we want to do Anacondas. We'll just add giant snakes. Sure. Or the natives didn't have a reason to run away. Right. And they're murderous. <laughs> yes. They, I mean, there's a million things. So they decide, they search the stuff. And again, there's the, the shot of the, the case and they don't know where it is. They're looking for the, the remains. There's that cute shot of, the, of Kong picking something up and carrying it. And I'm just like, oh, Kong. It's better to have your cute animal bases covered than it's, not. It's like, I'm like, but here's the thing. I, I, well, I had a dog that one time I was clearing a bunch of brush. We would carry it someplace. We'd carry the brush like over. And I was just tired. And I was just like, here, take the stick. And the dog took the stick and carried it over to the brush. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. I feel like I'm in a cartoon now. Am I a Disney princess? <laughs> Did you break into song? <laughs> I was just like, carry the stick. And then Captain Handsome showed up and carried him in his arms. As he does. Uh, I'm going to have some weird dreams tonight for sure. Can't blame you. <laughs> so they decide to go to the Hunter Village. Do you have something written down there? Mm, nope. <laughs> They're going to go to the Headhunter Village, which I like because the guy's like, Headhunters? It's like they haven't been practicing Headhunters in like, you know, hundreds of years. <laughs> It'd be great in the original script if they were... Like murderous headhunters, <laughs> and that was their nod. And they just went in and said, "That's." Dude. They had the character say, "That's stupid." <laughs> the, some writer was like, "No, we'll have the character acknowledge it's a stupid idea." Uh, so they find this headhunter village, and it's been abandoned. Um, and there's the giant dead snake. And there's a big old dead snake with, with the guy's legs hanging yeah, out of it. <laughs> yeah, and the spheres. <laughs> like, there's been a hell of a battle with this giant snake. Yeah. Um, and the natives have bugged out. <laughs> and I love that Kevin Kay- Hansen's just like, they're like, oh, they left. And he's like, no, good for them, bad for us. But he can't, he's like, I'm not. <laughs> so they're looking for the natives' boats so she, right. they can get back on the river. Yeah. Um, and the boats are gone. So they have to build a lousy raft. <laughs> Which is actually, it's a pretty solid raft. Yep. They do it by tearing apart the natives' houses. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a jerk thing to do, but hey, what are you, you got to do? do it. Yeah, yeah. And this is where we get the scene where douchebag wants to keep going. He's like, "We can do it." He's he's arguing all the stupid douchebag things, but really, it's just because he wants he wants the money, he wants the stock. And every character is like, "No," every character, which I like because every character is pretty much at this stage. Look, somebody getting by a snake. There's a dead snake here with the natives. <laughs> We are screwed. I need to get out of here. Which sets up for why he, when he is going to betray them. Because clearly, although at this stage you still don't know how much he's willing to betray them. He still kind of sets up as he's kind of a jerk. Right. And it's clear at this point that being on the water is way safer than right. being on land. Well, and also you can travel a lot. Well, yeah, you can travel faster. Right. So they finish building a raft, a large raft for everybody to... To take off on. Oh, yeah. The remaining black guy. Oh, wait. No. There's two. There's still the, the second guy. black guy. Um, he's in, he was I in, um, probably I shouldn't have called him that. He's in that show. <laughs> I can't remember his character's Roz name. Roz something. There's a, uh, he's a, plays a criminologist. 
plays a <laughs> Roswell. No, it's not Roswell. He plays like a, a brilliant criminologist who's also eccentric. What are the odds? I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's a recognizable actor. A lot of these actors are recognizable and went on to do other things. Yeah, which I think shows again the the quality. There's a reason these these are all working actors. Oh yeah, all of them, and and they're all they all are effective. I mean, right. I mean, a lot of them have been in. They're not super famous, but a lot of them have been in a lot of TV shows. Well, except and, the the one she went on to Eureka. Yeah. Um, and you, you'll see uh, that one, the the game over guy. He's been in tons of stuff. The the good looking Captain Handsome has been in quite a few things. Yeah, and the good looking <laughs> the good looking guy is about to get killed in our, our story. <laughs> he's been in tons of stuff. Just these are all working actors. That there's a reason I think that they're all reliable actors that can do their job. Yeah, I think they did fairly well. In this yeah. Movie. yeah. That guy finds the the case with the gun and the extra phone in it. That's right. <laughs> From um, Livingston. I was going to say Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> and he finds the phone and, um, you know, the evil douchebag scientist comes. <laughs> the other guy's not convinced yet, like, how far he'll go. Right. <laughs> so he's not, like, on his guard, no. really. <laughs> no, and he... He's going to use the phone to call for help. Right. And that's when the guy uses the, the spider yeah. on him. <laughs> the foreshadowing oh, spider. this poor guy. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> uh, there's, this is probably one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. So he's paralyzed. Right? Mm. Right? <laughs> right. He gets bit by the, the stone spider. Yeah. So he's slowly losing like control of his body. Right. And uh, the girl comes in and finds him. Right. And again, I like that she's smart. She's she's Sam, right? Her name was Sam or something? Yeah. Because he's like, well, what, what happened to, uh, what's his name? And, and he's like, oh, he's just resting his feet. And she's just like, uh, no, I don't trust <laughs> right. you. Nobody trusts right. douchebag scientists. So when she goes in, she sees that he's paralyzed. She's like, something's wrong. <laughs> and this is the scene, oh, this is where the snake's in the rafters. <laughs> and he's just like looking at it. And he can't he can't tell her. And she goes and gets help. But it's too late. And he's just got to watch this snake basically like closing in on him. Oh, yeah, that's pretty messed up. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> and he gets eaten. Right. The douchebag scientist will poetically get a similar. Right. Well, the douchebag scientist is about like like they're still talking. Like she's like, "What did you do to him?" She knows. And that part where he's going for his gun, he's still kind of like maybe he's going to go for his gun. But then they all see the snake. They run in to try to save the guy. It's too late. And then douchebag takes off with their boat. Right. Sees his chance. <laughs> this is the point of no return. Because even with the, the, the paralyzing the guy, he could argue that he thinks he's just doing something like, oh, no big deal. He'll take me one where my wrist. <laughs> but at this stage, he's like, I, hey, everyone's willing to die. <laughs> yeah. This is where he crosses that point he's of no return. He's maximizing his chance for successful right. Well, even mortality. Even lying about, like, artist. I'm the only one who made it. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely up to... Well, he doesn't, right. I mean, at this point, he's committed some questionable actions. He doesn't want to have to, you know, face right. the consequences. Right. Somebody picks him up. Right. But, like, he didn't, um, because he, did, like, he didn't paralyze the, the guy expecting to be eaten by a snake. Sure. He didn't care. <laughs> but that's still not the same as outright malice, which he eventually, this is the point where he's in for a penny and for a pound. <laughs> Slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Slippery slope. The science? A snake murder. <laughs> this is another one of those cases where movies are constantly trying to tell you that scientists 
are evil motherfuckers. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing that's true is capitalists are often evil, um, which both of those can make sense because usually because the character is someone who's obsessive about it, either an obsessive capitalist or an obsessive scientist. Um, now, this movie does bounce it out a little bit because we do have the woman who is both a – we both have the scientist and the woman who's both a scientist and a capitalist who is still like, no. <laughs> so to That's be fair, true. this movie does bounce it out. It's not like everybody's a sucker. Again, Anaconda's impresses by diversity. having diverse <laughs> diverse set of viewpoints. Right. The cast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's it's the it's, it's interesting because it is that you know it's the uh, the Black Widow problem. The Black Widow in the uh, Avengers movies, the Marvel movies, right now, one of her biggest problems for a long time was she was the only woman. Therefore, she had to carry all the weight of all women <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> and so it creates a problem because, for example, if she's if you if she says something like. I I don't want to have kids. Let's say she said I didn't want to have kids. It would be assumed that they're saying all women shouldn't have kids. Right. If she's if she if she wants to settle down and get married, it's like all women should get settled down and get married. Now, in the otherwise, like if Captain America shows up and is like, "Hey, eat your vegetables. I want to get married." There's still other men who represent different different role models. This one, it's so it's really easy to do. It where it's like, well, there's one capitalist or one scientist, and he's crazy, <laughs> and that's it. And I think Deep Blue Sea actually falls down a little bit here mm-hmm. because they only do have the – there's a couple of scientists. One of them gets eaten pretty early. Pretty early. But the remaining scientist is the typical kind of, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to yes. science. <laughs> yes. So this is that one area where I do believe anacondas is superior. So, uh, progress. <laughs> there's one There's one area, yes, that, that, that I think anacondas has that, that edge because – it is representing like science is important, but let's not let's not let's not kill everybody. Let's not lose our heads, guys. For a possible immortality serum, right? <laughs> Pretty much. So they um, decide that they kind of know where he's going, right? Uh, they know the area, I guess, or yeah. about where the blood organ is supposed to be. So they decide they're going to go meet him there because that raft is kind of their only right. way out, <laughs> really. Which, again, makes all the sense. <laughs> right, right. Now, it's not ideal. You're putting complications in front of them, but they're also acting about them in at least decently intelligent ways. Right. They're not dumb characters blundering around idiotically. Right. Hacking their way back through the jungle is probably going to get them killed. Right. You know, they get lost, which is easy to do in the dark in the jungle. <laughs> um, well, one character... Are they in a cave system? Yeah, they end up having to go through a little bit of a cave. I can't... I don't which, even remember how they got in there. <laughs> which is just like... I mean, that's going to be a bummer. <laughs> and that's when that's when uh, crewman handsome unfortunately falls oh, into that times, falls man. into that water. But even here, he falls into that that underground water <laughs> and he river basically, and he's he's trying to survive. He doesn't panic. He like finds little spots to breathe, and he's trying to find <laughs> it. And he would have, I think, he would have. Yeah. Except for the he was close. <laughs> yeah, except for the anaconda got him. So that's different. That's that's a character outside of his element, not panicking, just not able to handle it. Yeah. Right, so they they get back together eventually, and well, this is the part where the where, a snake uh, picks up game over guy. Well, no, but first, before remember, but first he's, he's running, and they pull him out, and then the snake comes out, oh, and yeah. Sam Highlanders <laughs> that snake, <laughs> and I like it. To me, that's a really good scene because one, it's like she's just like, <laughs> and she cuts it, and I love that all the other characters are kind of like dumbstruck. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Kevin Handsome is like, whoa, okay. <laughs> She's at her end. She is sick of these snakes. She's got enough yeah. problems. 
that's a good scene. That that makes that character. Yeah. yeah. It's pro- I think this whole this whole bit is my favorite bit because it's like came over guys like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the snake comes out and grabs him and pulls him away and you're like oh that kind of sucks I liked him and then where Catherine Hansen was like hell no and he runs after him right this is the part where they're playing with you again where it looks like they're gonna kill all the black yeah. people yeah <laughs> but yeah Captain Hansen goes after him. Gets out his favorite stabbing knife. <laughs> he finds him with the help of Captain, with the help of Kong, and he's like, "Bam!" He just hucks it, hucks it. One shot, one kill. Stupid snake. Should have been, should have been paying attention. You thought you got away too soon. Long enough to hit him in the snake brain, apparently. Oh. And I like that. I like that because uh, that that scene where that whole sequence to me is really good. It shows the snakes are not a foregone conclusion. They can be fought. But also it shows that these characters, <laughs> they're exhausted. But they're also at that point where they're just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight you every step of the way down your throat. Is that, it's like in Deep Blue Sea <laughs> where, where he's preach caught by that shark at the end. And he's fighting it and he's poking it and he's punching it because he's like, I'm going to go down your gullet. But you're going to earn every bite. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> yes, and that, that part where she has that snake, she's like, "Look, you just had to walk away, snake." <laughs> <laughs> you know where you are. <laughs> You're in the jungle, baby. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care that that machete would have to be incredibly sharp to behead a snake that size. You know why? <laughs> well, first of all, because it's easy to behead people in movies. <laughs> Heads are very loosely attached in movie land. Movie snake. Movie snake. Made movie of, people. Made of gel, mostly. <laughs> There's no bones or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm all for it. Movie stuff. <laughs> so, Game Over Guy makes it. <laughs> yeah, he makes it. They, like, resuscitate him, and he's back. <laughs> and and then they go and uh, find Douchebag at the, the Blood Orchid, which, of course, is also where the big snake sex pit's going on. Yeah, the mating ball. The mating ball, which it's a classic of jungles. I think it's a classic of any jungle story to be dangling on a log <laughs> over a dangerous infested waters with animals. Parts of this ending were starting to get a little cheesy again. <laughs> it's a little contrived, but it still works. I knew what the beats of that ending were going to be <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> as soon yeah, as they yeah. started to play out. Yeah, and the spider one surprised me. The spider part. Yeah. I didn't know how he was going to die. <laughs> well, and I like it because it's it's sort of that thing where you have, like, the hero. Like, our hero, Captain Handsome, still is trying to save him. Yeah. And that, there's, like, this is a me, it's a good shot because it's the part where he, his hand is almost within reach of Captain Handsome. <laughs> it's almost there. And then he's freezing up and he falls. And it's just like, oh, I know you probably can't appreciate the irony, douchebag. <laughs> The spider part was the best bit of that whole yeah. Uh, sequence. Yeah. yeah. Well, because again, the spider bites him because he's still going for the the bag. Yeah. The, wouldn't even have bit him if he just walked run away. <laughs> but he, it's like he's. But I mean, it makes sense at this point. He's invested so. He's sure. just it's so invested into. He's not it. gonna leave the bag. No, not even close. The bag with the blood orchids in it. Yeah. <laughs> if we skipped over that part. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if we need to go over everything here. No, no, no. I mean, it's a good sequence, and I like again we talked about. Everybody does something. It's not like one character does something. The, in fact, even the the fact that 
they set it up where she gives it the gas can and it's covered in gas. <laughs> the Jaws ending. <laughs> the Jaws ending. And then Captain Hansen's going to shoot it because he's got the gun and it doesn't, there's no bullets. So Captain Hansen is dropping the ball. And that's when game over shoots him with the, the, the flare gun and they blow up. The whole mating ball blows up. Well, of course, because the gas gasoline, there, I guess. movie gasoline is the same as, it's, it's the rules, right? Sure. I mean, in the car... When that car gets pushed over the cliff, it immediately goes up. And it's like it doesn't even hit the ground. And, uh, this Too much is, contact with air. <laughs> it's like, you know, you throw a Must cigarette. Have a, a lithium battery. <laughs> throw a cigarette. There's probably a Note 7 in it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you learn that your even pretty people can be killed in a freak gasoline fight accident. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great movie. It's one of my, uh, uh, that's a fun one. Yeah, I, I never uh, saw the second one. I never. I didn't, didn't really need a second <laughs> one. Come on, I wasn't. like the first one's great, but I was like, this is not you going back because you had a great idea. This is you're like, I don't know what else to do. Let's just do a second one. Hmm. Yeah, that's usually the case. Yeah, except for Anchorman too, which is great. no, no, <laughs> yes, no, <it> is. <laughs> no. Yeah, that fight sounds. <laughs> So what happens in the end here is the the blood orchid, the wall with blood orchids on it, collapses, which seems awfully convenient. <laughs> well, again, that's the reset button. Yeah, crushes all the snakes. Which I'm like, the snakes didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Although, luckily, the jungle probably has plenty of snakes, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> but, yeah, it sounds like there's more snakes. <laughs> yes, and then it ends with uh, they're on the raft and they're making it back, and and uh, and then we get the butt rock. Of, <laughs> Was it? Was it? Chapau, Blue Root, Blue Root, uh, Chapau Part Two, Part Two. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to give Which you is a little. Going to be in the spoiler break. By oh, the good, way. <laughs> good. I'm going to give you a little Chapow. tip here of Blue Root. You're trying too hard. <laughs> I think you got a good sound. I think there were rockabillies after it was cool. <laughs> it's just a little bit because it opens up with a scream. <laughs> And this, <laughs> and I was just like, pull it back a little bit. But it's no deepest bluest. But of course, LL Cool J set a standard. Yeah, these guys are not LL. Cool no, J. they're fine. It's not. That's not their weakness. <laughs> and that's closest. But I feel like Chappelle's appropriate for anacondas because it's good but not great. It's good but not great. <laughs> and deepest bluest is appropriate for deep blue because it's great. Because LL Cool J is amazing in it. It is. <laughs> part where he swims up and his hat is like a shark swim <laughs> shark fit. Um, and that's the movie that's the end uh, here's the thing it's like not everybody dies they've escaped and uh, it's good yeah which is nice they live the, happily I, ever I, after I, I the two women didn't die that's interesting oh you're right neither yeah. one of them did yeah because who is it who is at the end we have game over Catherine Handsome and the two ladies uh, yes yes so that's what this exhibition was like eight people, right? So four of the eight survived. Yeah. Which is, I mean, good. I like that. <laughs> this movie seems very progressive. It, you know? The more we look at it. I, I like a lot of aspects of it. Again, it, it has issues and it's not going to elevate the art form <laughs> of monster movies. But 
the workmanship here is better than I think people go credit, and it certainly deserves better. At the very least, I think this is a. I think like if you're gonna go by logic, I'm like this is like at least a sixty or seventy just on the basis of being competently made. <laughs> I agree. I'm gonna go check and see what uh, Sharknado got. Sharknado got eighty two percent. Well, you know, which is horseshit. <laughs> here's the thing, and I do realize this is also an aspect that gets really confusing. I think there's this thing, and I I, hate, I call it the guilty pleasure excuse. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not trying to say something's different, but a lot of times people, like, the reason I don't enjoy the Sharknado movies in particular is because I feel like they're not being made sincerely. They're being made as a joke. And that's okay, that's fine, they work fine. But a lot of bad movies are made with an effort to make a good, now, by the way, Anaconda is not a bad movie. It's It's a good movie. I can see why if you just want something silly or stupid, you know, it's 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 a difficult thing because it's what we talked about. With, I keep going back to like thinking about Killer Clowns. Like Killer Clowns to me is not a guilty pleasure. It's a good movie done well. Yes, it's silly, but I, I get a little frustrated when someone's like, "Oh, it's just goofy." I'm like, "Well, that's fine. I don't. I like a, I like to watch like a lot of incompetently made movies and all that, but I still want them to care." <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean about Sharknado. Mm-hmm. It's muddled on the movie that's that's bad, right? In a way that's entertaining, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's a bad movie, but it's so cheesy at parts that it's funny, right? But it's <laughs> unintentionally it, so. But and Sharknado's trying to do that intentionally. Oh, you, you mean Killer Clowns? You meant you said Sharknado first. You meant Killer Clowns? No, I'm talking about Sharknado. Oh, okay, uh, uh, Killer Clowns is a good movie. Yeah, I agree about that. Yeah. There are other movies like Leprechaun or something. Yeah, there's some. They're bad movies. Yeah, they don't, don't care. Leprechaun actually isn't the worst example of that. But no, no, Leprechaun's like not okay. Bad B movies. Yeah, that are bad in such a way that they become funny. Right. Because but even these then, actors are terrible, and they're trying to deliver these serious. And lines. they don't have a budget, and don't have right. the time, and they're writing. With, but even then, I want them to care. <laughs> and I think they they do. It, there was a period where I mean, there was a lot of those movies. Yeah. And. People were very serious about them. Yeah. And Sharknado is, it feels like it's aimed at just being a parody of right. well, a terrible movie. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I need some sincerity and some workmanship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's what's missing from Sharknado. And I think that's why like, someone might underrate our Anacondas. Because Anacondas is, it doesn't have a lot of silly moments. It's not a silly movie. Um, yeah, some parts are over the top. It's at the same time someone will be like, oh, it's kind of... It's not goofy enough. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's a well-made, well-written story. Yeah, I'll stick with my original opinion. It's a, it's a good monster movie. Yeah, it's a good monster movie with some with some occasional some occasional silliness, but definitely craftsmanship, which is important. Tough but fair. Yeah, yeah. You can follow us uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Save the Movies. Our website is SaveTheMovies.com. You can email us, which works now. <laughs> That's podcast at savethemovies.com. Uh, Lee's blog is aleemartinez.com, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. <laughs> our Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at aleemartinez. Oh, very nice. Uh, our Facebook doesn't oh, do exist. We, do we have one yet? <laughs> we don't have a Facebook. <laughs> so we you, might by the time we get you this can't comes do out. Well, we'll see. <laughs> and next time. We are planning to... Uh, Break our format. Yeah. We're going to try something crazy. Something special for you guys. It's going to be Captain Handsome fan fiction all day. <laughs> Captain Handsome meets Denise Richards' super pilot. <laughs> Soul. <laughs> Soul. Soul. <laughs>
All the snakes and giant bugs in the universe don't got a chance. <laughs> the snakes and bugs are teaming up. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh my god. This could work. <laughs> so no, somebody has to go to either the past or the future. <laughs> it's on both fronts. It's on both oh, fronts. Oh. Uh-huh. This is why you're the published author. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so Do you want to say what we're, so we're I know doing? what we're doing. We're doing the uh uh Marvel movies up to this point retrospective <laughs> discussion where we're going to talk about each of the Marvel movies and how we feel about felt about them and how we feel about them and how the they affected the course of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe with the most unique undertaking in movie history. It certainly uh, changed the landscape. Oh, 100%. It did. It, as a fan for comic books for years, it basically did to movies what comic books were doing, which is shared universe idea yeah and it it made it feasible in fact i think it does a better job than a lot of the comic books do now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about our favorites and the things we liked and the things we thought were weak i may have some work to do i think i missed one or two Marvel i missed movies. i missed i think i've seen all of them at least once except for thor the dark world and i think i didn't see that one because i really like thor um back when the 80s which a lot of these stories are based off of and i really like the story, the, the character. I'm the only guy in the world who's like Malekith, the villain. And they're like, Curse is going to show up. Curse. Uh, and so I didn't see it because I was just assumed I was not going to like the version. I don't think I will like the version. I like Thor okay. I think Thor's a decent movie. There's a lot of elements I really liked about it. I didn't like, for example, with Thor that like uh, the Destroyer got killed with like one hit. In the comic books, Destroyer, you can't destroy it. It's gonna. It would have probably won against Thor, but we can't have that. I get that. But it would have been a really cool scene. I don't know enough about it. And the destroyer in the comic books is like one, of, like basically a magic robot made by Odin to repel super space <laughs> aliens. Jeez. And those aliens are so powerful it didn't do it. But in the comics, like basically it, it can like one and like one of my favorite storylines with Thor written by the great Walt Simonson, which is was like a twelve part series that like took a year to tell. And it's Thor basically becomes like he can't die at all. But he can be hurt, so like his bones are brittle because he's been cursed. So he's slowly getting his ass kicked until he's eventually like a puddle of jelly. He's literally a puddle of jelly at one point. And the destroyer finds him and can't kill him because it's just it kills everything. But it can't. And it it actually becomes aware for the first time ever because pondering a thing it can't destroy. And it astrally projects. Thor's spirit comes out and takes over the destroyer. And so Thor... In a super invincible robot, magic robot body, goes into hell and just starts messing <laughs> shit up. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure the Dark World's going to measure up to that. There's no way. And that's why, like, Destroyer in the movie, it's like, Thor hit it with a hammer once and destroyed it. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> so you have much more of a grounding in comic books, so I'll be interested to see where you're, you're yeah. thinking, you know, this... Yeah. This twisted away from the well, and, source and a material. lot of these Marvel stuff are the properties I grew up with. I was I was mostly read Marvel comics when I was younger. Uh, and that, some of these are based on newer ideas, newer properties. But like I was the only guy in the world who was like uh, Warriors Three, <laughs> Volstag. Did you see Volstag? I don't. I was excited st- about uh, Howard the Duck at the end of. Oh, I love that! I <laughs> could not, I could not stop getting excited about that. There was also the uh, my wife 
was she saw Thor the Dark World and you know there's always a stinger at the end. She's like, Oh, did you know what's the stinger? And I was like, No, what? And she's like, Batrock the Leaper, who's like the guy who was in Captain America uh so uh Winter Soldier. Uh and he's basically like a mercenary who who's like a like foot boxer fighter. And I was like, Oh no way And she's like, No, he's not gonna be in it And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna divorce you because you teased me so much And then when they had Captain America Winter Soldier and they show the clips of like the guy kicking him with the shield and mocking him and I was like Holy crap Badrock the Leaper And this is what ultimately my my assessment of the Marvel movies will be this. They've got that stage where if they you name a character, no matter how ridiculous, and they said, Oh, he's gonna be in the next movie, okay, I totally buy Anything it. Anything goes, man. I thought for sure, like like with Doctor Strange when Dormammu showed up, I was like, I never thought I'd see Dormammu <laughs> in, in, a movie. in a movie and be like Dormammu. <laughs> and and there's a character, Doctor Strange fights this like a tentacle space monster god called Shumagorath, and I was like, I'm surprised he didn't show up. I'm surprised he didn't just show up and go like hi. <laughs> So I got to give credit oh to that. Gosh. So this is exciting. So yes, it'll, you'll you'll hear me talk about all the stuff I was excited that I never thought I'd see, and the few missteps. I'm gonna have to um, check, but I think Dark World is the only one I have also not seen. Okay. Um, well, if you haven't, then we can watch it before. I guess <laughs> we can watch it before and then then talk about it. I don't want to ruin your. Oh, it's all right. I don't mind. I don't mind. Hey, it's not going to ruin the comic book. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure I won't like it that much. But you never know. I, there'll be, might be elements of it. I suppose we better than yes. posterity. <laughs> yes, yes. So we'll talk about that. And it'll be cool. All right. I will. I will talk too much about Ant Man and Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy Ant Man. All, right, all right. Until next time, he's Scott. He's Lee. And we just saved another movie. Hacha. <laughs> don't you mean Chapal? Chapow. Two? <laughs>